Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Jay Rolden Speaks podcast. I hope you had a great, great weekend or having a great weekend. I hope you had a great Friday, Saturday. I don't know where you're watching from. It might be morning, it might be it might be in the afternoon, it might be the evening. But I just want to say welcome so and thank you so much for spending your evening with me. I know you could have done so many other things, but you decided to come and chill with me. And you know what? You're not going to regret it. You know why? Because I'm going to read some really great great literature to, for you tonight, especially poetry. If you're this is your first time here, guess what we do here? We talk about poems. I show you how I analyze them and I show you and I share some stories and show you how I connect with it. And you also share your own thoughts. Let me know how you're connecting with it. Let me know how you're feeling about some of these works of art. And I hope my deepest desire is that you find some connection with the poems because that's what poetry is supposed to do. It's supposed to carry and transmit memories from one particular generation into the next. And in fact, before we had all of these electronic devices, poetry was used as a way of memories keeping, right? Like this was like the device that we used to actually pass down traditions, pass down ideologies, pass down politics, pass down, you know, you know, anything related to like documentation, right? So poetry was always, always critical and essential to civilization, right? The way it's supposed to grow. So I want to say welcome, welcome, welcome. You are going to be so thrilled with some of the choices tonight. I want to say hi to my Spanish-speaking community. So, bienvenidos a ustedes. Gracias por estar aquí. Y si es tu primera vez aquí en este show, les tengo una sorpresa porque esta noche les tengo una lista, pero un montón de poesía para ustedes. Así que no se vayan, quédense conmigo y les prometo que no lo van a... No lo van a uh, bueno, creo que, creo que ustedes lo van a agradecer y van a beneficiarse mucho de los poemas de esta noche. Porque estos poemas son lindísimas. Así que, por favor, quédense conmigo. Y si ya no lo saben, aquí en este show... Vamos a calmar las cosas, vamos a cambiar la música, vamos a hacerlos un poquito más suave. Así que, por favor, esté conmigo aquí y yo sé, yo sé, no, no, van a, no va a haber ninguna queja, ¿cierto? Así que muchas gracias por estar aquí. All right. All my Anglos, are you guys ready? This is going to be so, so fantastic. By the way, before we get started, how was your evening? Is it good? Let's see, get those emojis up. Is it thumbs up? Is it sort of like a heart? Is it, what is it? Is everything okay? <laughs> yeah? All right. <laughs> okay. Looks like everybody's evening is okay. Yes? It was peaceful. That's a great word. Isn't peace such a great word to have? You should definitely adopt it in your vocabulary, right? Try to substitute the words like that bother you the most with the word peace, right? It's like, oh man, like especially if you're like angry at somebody, it's like, you know, instead of like using like a like a like a rude or negative word, it's like, come on, peace you, man, peace you, right? It's like, imagine how much your attitude would change by like substituting words with the word peace, right? It's like, come on, man, this is such a peaceful day, or, dude, why are you being such? <laughs> Why are, you, why are you being so peaceful, bro? Or, come on, this this is totally like not. This is totally doable. Let's let's get this peace together, right? <laughs> let's get our peace together. You understand what I'm trying to say here, guys? Is like words themselves have the 
the capability, not necessarily the power, but they have the capability of changing your attitude, right? Like you're changing perspective, which is why, once again, all y'all should be listening to poetry. You should be reading poetry. You should be like immersed in it. You should be understanding how words themselves are telling you, hey, these words you're saying right now, these words you're listening to, these words you are reading right now, it is totally, totally for your benefit. And I'm going to show you what that is. All right. All right, y'all. I don't think my Spanish speaking community is here very long. so <laughs> I'm still going to read them Spanish. So just to prove a point, right? All my Latinos out there, all y'all have been complaining to me that I don't read enough Spanish poems. Well, tonight I'm going to read you five Spanish poems, maybe more. So if all y'all aren't here and you missed the show, Ninguna queja después de esta noche, ¿cierto? Alright. Alright, guys, we're gonna change the music, we're gonna slow things down. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so fantastic, alright? Alright, guys. I'm so looking forward to this first poem. Now, I actually posted a video today of me reading this poem, but I wanna change my accent. So instead of using a Scottish accent, I'm gonna use my regular my regular accent. And but this time I'm going to read it slightly different because as I was rereading this today, I felt like the poem itself needed to be read as if it was like a kind of like a like a, a father son moment or father daughter moment or even like a husband and wife moment where the male figure, right, like the dad, the father, the friend was telling this poem to the other as a way of like passing down, hey, look, this is part of my wisdom that I want to bestow upon you. And so this is what I'm going to read tonight. So once again, I read, I posted this poem today on my TikTok videos. And so I want to read this again in a different tone. All right. So if you're not familiar with this, the poem that I'm going to start with is The Peace of Wild Things. Y'all ready? All right, here we go, guys. We're going to start in five, four, Despair for the world grows in me And I wake in the night at the least sound In fear of what my life and my children's lives may be I go and lie down where the wood drake rests In his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound, 
fear of what my life and my children's lives may be. I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water, and the great heron feeds. And I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought. A forethought of grief. And I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. And for a time I rest the grace of the world, and am free. Alright, that was titled, The Peace of the Wild Things. This is really not a hard poem to decipher but I'm sure many of you have experienced moments of peace and many of you have probably more than likely have gone to some special place right maybe it's out to the beach maybe it's out to the mountains most of us have this really, really special place that we consider like our kind of like our sanctuary. And I'm not trying to argue that these places that you flock to are actual sanctuaries because there's a difference between a sanctuary that is considered holy and sacred and a sanctuary that's considered more of a personal bias and a personal based type of like area that you feel really at home with, you feel really comfortable with. That's not the same as a holy sanctuary, okay? But for this analysis, let's just label it as a sanctuary. One of the best things about nature itself is written in this poem. And let me repeat this one line that the poet Wendell Berry actually says. He wrote, I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. Let me repeat that one last time. I come into the peace of wild things, wild things being nature, okay? Who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. See, nature is continuous. It dies, but then new 
branches, new sprouts, new flowers, new plants, and new life begins. But it's always continuous, right? It's always, always moving. It's always continuous. So in many ways, it doesn't have time to dwell in the past. It needs to die and it needs to regenerate or spring new life. Which is why Wendell Berry says, I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. They don't waste their time on the sadness dwelling in the painful past. Now, I want to make this clear. Wendell Berry doesn't say memory in general is a waste of time. He specifically says forethought of grief, right? Grief as in like a sadness that is overwhelming that you cannot overcome. And that's why Wendell Berry himself, or at least the speaker of the poem, decides to flee, okay? Like, like literally run away into the, the wild things, right? The, the, the forest, the nature, right? Mountains, the ocean, whatever you consider wild things, right? In terms of nature. <laughs> because ultimately, once again, these plants and nature itself doesn't dwell in the past. It doesn't talk back. It doesn't even console you, by the way. Right? Like, I want to make it clear here. Wendell Berry, the speaker of the poem, doesn't actually say that nature is what consoles him, that counsels him. It's not nature. Right? But, whoever created nature, right? The intelligent designer, right? If the intelligent designer created nature, it must be to also remind us of, first of all, that there is an intelligent designer, and second of all, that this is a place of peace. Because it doesn't dwell in grief. Do you understand? Like, we honestly forget what that actually feels like, what that actually sounds like, what that actually, like, looks like. And that's why, like, the intelligent designer created this beautiful space, this, this immense space of, like, nature as a way of, like, first of all, like, glorifying the intelligent designer, but also for us to, like, be reminded, hey, look, stop being fools. <laughs> And listen and observe how nature that I designed to be. Stop dwelling in the past, in, 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 in the negative grieving past. Stop dwelling in that. It's okay to reminisce of the good memories, which is why I tell people over and over again in my lives that like, it's actually quite healthy and really speaks well of the person who is able to retain 
the wonderful memories he've had he's had of, of people in the past even if it didn't work out because that person learned to control his grief right his or her grief you've been processing that pain so well and for so long that you can honestly say you know what i'm no longer with that person anymore and i don't and i long, no longer desire them in a in a in a companion intimate way but i'm able to retain the good memories of them that person is who you need to be with that person is who you need to pursue that person is very understanding and is able to apply peace in your life because he has peace in his life and once you find a person that is peaceful i'm telling you that is more important more precious than a person who is happy all the time and i know that sounds a little bit like kind of like an, an oxymoron because you would think that because you're peaceful therefore you're probably happy all the time no see happiness is a very temporal sentiment and by no means i'm not trying to say that you shouldn't find happiness but please understand that 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 is in no way anywhere close to what peace can do for your for your soul for your heart for your mind men in general want someone peaceful they rather have that than someone who seems to be happy all the time they want somebody that's truly gentle somebody that's truly peaceful you might have the looks you might have the brains you might have like the work ethic you might have all of these wonderful characteristics but if you're not peaceful forget it forget it all of those things really won't matter because they will start to crumble and they will start to be you know pierced with doubts and you know all kinds of like temporality and you know just kind of you know criti criticism all these things so remember that <laughs> right once again this is titled the peace of the wild things it's an amazing poem by Wendell Berry who's actually an American poet yesterday I said he was Scottish but he's not Scottish he's actually an American poet but I read it in a Scottish accent you guys want to hear that one more time yeah okay I'm gonna do a Scottish accent reading of the same poem just because it's fun right you guys ready all right guys I'm gonna take a drink of water you guys know what to do tap that screen until I stop drinking water and then we're gonna give a five-second countdown and read it in a Scottish accent. Are you ready?
despair For the world grows in me And I wake In the night at the least sound In fear of what my life And my children's lives may be And I go and lay down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds and I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief and I come into the presence of still water and I feel about me the day blind stars waiting for their light for a time I rest in the grace of the world and I am free of the world and I am free do you know what happens when you achieve peace in your lives it is a gift that you must protect particularly within your own home There's a link, there's a link between your character and your home. And if you are new to this life, I've explained this a thousand times. But the link between a character, building character, and your house is by a Greek word named Ithia. Greek, the word athia means a stable, a place of rest, of protection, and of course, ethos is a Greek word for character, where you will build trustworthiness and reliability. So if you want to build character, you must also have a stable home but, but those two things cannot be achieved without a peaceful place that is the bedrock of Ethia and Ethos so remember that understand establish a peaceful place
place in your heart and you will have a peaceful home and you will have a trustworthy character and no man or woman can ever destroy that could ever take take you away from that They will want to be one with you. They don't want to be intertwined with you. It's great. I love it. Do you? <laughs> All right. Shall we read some more poems? <laughs> In a normal accent or <laughs> something else? Anyway. I hope you all are enjoying the show. This is the J. Rolden Speaks Podcast. If you didn't know this already, I actually have an account on Spotify. So if you don't have Spotify, I need you to download it after the show. And I need you to look up. Well, I need you to look up my show. It's called J. Rolden Speaks. You're going to see a picture of my face. There's going to be three links under, underneath that profile picture. First link is to rate the show. Let me know how I'm doing. If you think it's okay, if you think it's superb, give me those stars. Second link is where you can actually leave a message. If you want to leave a voice message and request any poems you want me to read in the future, maybe even some themes for future podcasts, you can do that and leave a message on Spotify. And then third link, seriously, this is the most important link for me because I know there's so many subscribers right now and I want to say thank you to each and one and every one of you because it's helping me so much and I can't tell you how much you make a difference in my own in my own life. And so... Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for subscribing. I hope you guys continue to enjoy the shows. But those of you who are new and are thinking about maybe eventually uh, supporting me, please understand that all of this that I do, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of like thought process and it takes a lot of, you know, a lot of pro- like a lot of resources. And so I just want to let you know that like, you know, please think about uh, uh, <laughs> supporting the show and I will definitely like continue to do these podcasts as long as I have enough supporters so anyway think about making the jump go to spotify and follow those links they're super easy to follow super i mean it will probably take you like less than five minutes so just think about it but for now this is my way of saying thank you and we're going to continue with this show y'all and i'm going to change this track real quick and it's going to be fantastic you know why because this next track guys all right all the tracks in this next album is fantastic all right, there are a range of various composers ranging from like Tony Anderson to um, Franz. Sh- wait, Franz Schultz, Franz Gordon, Fr- Franz Gordon, and and a third guy, and I always forget his name, but it'll pop up in my mind eventually. All right, guys, we're gonna slow things down, and I'm gonna read some poems. Oh, wait a minute, my Spanish speakers, all my Spanish speakers, do not go away. Because I have a surprise for you. I have some... Po- I'm going to speak in Spanish. Oye, todos aquellos que se consideran latinos o hablan español, no se vayan porque le tengo una sorpresa, pero súper buena. Porque tengo una lista de, de poemas que le va a encantar, le va a hacer llorar. Así que si no tienen una servilleta, por favor, le advierto que mantengan una servilleta porque creo que las lágrimas van a salir de ustedes, ¿cierto? Aquí vamos. All right. Déjame decir unas palabritas para los, los gringos y después vamos a continuar. 
Alright, all my Anglos, all my English speakers. Y'all. I promised my Spanish-speaking community that I was going to read a couple of poems in Spanish. And here's sort of like the downside. There's this one poem that it's called, it's called Eulogy. And it is so lovely. But I kid you not. There's no translation of it. And I would, I would like to translate it for you, but... I'm telling you, it's so delicate in terms of word choices that I honestly tried to translate it and it's it's not working. And so I need more time to like figure it out. And so unfortunately, I cannot read the poem for you in English. So I hope that at least maybe you can maybe feel the poem has how it's pronounced in Spanish. And so I hope you do enjoy it because it is a lovely poem. And I'll go ahead and tell you what the title is so that maybe you can look it up on your own time. So the title of this poem is, one second, <laughs> where's the title of the poem, man? <laughs> Where is that title from? Oh my goodness. Where is that title, bro? No. Bro. Oh, there it is. Okay. I got it. <laughs> Okay, I almost had a bra moment, man. Let me see. Okay, so the title of this poem is Eulogy of Miguel Hernandez. Okay, so it's called Eulogy of Miguel Hernandez. And the poet is... Actually, it's called Eulogy, and it's written by Miguel Hernandez. Okay? Are we good? <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. Here we go. I'm going to start this again. Yo quiero ser llorando El hortelano El hortelano de la tierra de que ocupas Y estércolas Y compañero del alma tan temprano Alimentando lluvias Caracolas y órganos mi dolor sin instrumento a las desalentadas amápolas daré tu corazón por alimento y tanto dolor se agrupa en mi costado y por doler me duele y por doler me duele hasta el aliento un manotazo duro, un golpe helado, un hachazo invencible y homicidio, un empujón brutal te ha derivado y no hay existión, extensión más grande que mi herida y lloro mi desventura y sus 
juntos y siento más tu muerte que mi vida. Y ando sobre ras, rastrojos de tif, difuntos y sin calor de nadie y sin consuelo voy de mi corazón y mis asuntos y temprano. Levanto la muerte, el vuelo, temprano madrugo la madrugada. Y temprano estás rodando por el suelo. No perdono a la muerte enamorada. Y no perdono a la vida desatenta. Y no perdono a la tierra ni a la nada. En mis manos levanto una tormenta de piedras, rayos y hachas estridentes, sedienta de catástrofes y hambrienta. Quiero escarbar la tierra con los dientes. Quiero apartar la tierra parte a parte y detalladas secas y calientes. Y quiero minar la tierra hasta encontrarte y besarte la noble calavera. Y desamodazarte y regresarte. Y volverás a mi huerto y a mi higuera. Por los altos andamios, andamios de las flores pajareará tu alma colmenera de angelicales ceras y labores y volverás al arrullo de las rejas de los enamorados laborales y aleg alegrarás la sombra de mis cejas y tus sangres irán a cada lado disputando tu novia y las abejas y tu corazón ya Terciopelo ajado Llama a un campo de almendras Espumosas Mi avarioso, avariciosa Voz de enamorado Y las aladas almas De las rosas Del almendro de nata De terrequero que tenemos que hablar de muchas cosas compañero del alma compañero ah. qué qué poema esto se llama elegía de Miguel Hernández un poema sumamente triste, pero a la vez algo que toca muy profundo en el alma, ¿cierto? Muy profundo en el corazón. Esto fue escrito en 1936 y, bueno, durante ese tiempo había mucha guerra, mucha tormenta. Y así que, bueno, tormenta en, en términos de, de político, ¿cierto? Así que, bueno, ustedes pueden imaginarse de la tristeza de la violencia y también los, los tiempos muy horribles y, y bueno 
desagradable, ¿cierto? Así que aquí hay un ejemplo de alguien que quiere recordarse de los tiempos que fueron muy felices y muy cercanas de, de, ¿cómo se llama? De la esperanza, de alegría. Y bueno, a veces a veces no pasamos mucho tiempo en, en, en recordarnos de los buenos momentos, de los buenos amigos, de los cariños de nuestra familia, de nuestros de, bueno compañera, compañero, ¿cierto? O sea, no, nuestros esposas, esposos. Nuestros novios, novias, ¿cierto? Hay algo muy íntimo de eso y muy importante de eso. Así que a veces elegía es no solamente en recordar la vida de una persona, pero, tam al, pero también en recordar la relación que uno tuvo con esa persona, con los demás, ¿cierto? Yo tengo un sueño, yo tengo un sueño de, de escribir una elegía propia mía. Pero en vez de recordar mi vida, quiero recordar la vida de mis más queridos. Porque yo quiero que ellos, ellos, quiero que ellos sepan que ellos me afectaron mucho. En, en, un, en lo más bueno posible, en lo más positivo posible. En lo más amoroso y cariñoso posible. Porque eso es mi vida. Mi vida se concentra en amarles a ellos. En demostrar el respeto y, y, y deseo y el amor más profundo para ellos. Así que por eso ese tipo de elegía es algo que me encanta a mí y quiero que cuando yo muera alguien lea ese elegía porque va a hablar sobre ellos en vez de mí. ¿Me entiende? Así que, bueno, si Dios quiere no me voy a ir tan luego, pero si es que el Señor me quiere llevar al cielo, entonces voy a, a tener una lista, ¿cierto? Así que, bueno, I want to, voy a cambiar a, a los gringos ahora. Thank you to all my Anglos for being so patient. And I was talking about this poem that's called Eulogy by Miguel Hernández. And I was telling my Spanish speakers that there's something really wonderful about, you know, having a eulogy about your life. And typically, like, eulogies are trying to reminisce about person that has passed away right which is kind of like a final goodbye of you know culminating and summarizing a person's life in a few words right and so there's something really special about the act of writing a eulogy and so you know this particular poem is no exception i mean it's a such a profound and heartfelt eulogy for you know by miguel hernandez and so in many ways he actually kind of like wrote this for himself <laughs> And, you know, I wish I could translate this for you, but the words being used here is just so elegant and so, like, enriched in, like, meaning. And, and, it, and it, literally, it uses some really old language that is so difficult to explain in, in English. And so, I'm not even going to touch this one as, a, as an improv translation because I wanted to do it justice. And I'm going to translate this eventually. And give you a proper reading of how this poem should be read. So, 
for now, I want you to think about this. If you ever have some time to reflect on your life, what do you want people to remember you by? What is it that you like really, really like fascinates you and intrigues you to like remind people, hey, I want you to know these last words on this day of my funeral because these are important to me. So I don't know what your answer is going to be. But I want to challenge you to think of eulogies in a slightly different way, in, a, in an inverted way. So instead of talking about you, right? Instead of the eulogy being about you, what if the eulogy was about like the people around you that were affected by you? that you touched, that you spent some genuine time with? What if that eulogy was talking about special memories about them instead of you? Right? Like, can you imagine how great and funny and, and, and wonderful and such a sentiment it would be for them to, like, remind, their, remind themselves of, like, wow, this dude, this bro, this friend, this wife, this, you know beautiful person in my life actually wanted to write their last words about me instead of them and that's the eulogy that you want to leave right something that is incentivizing this act of true grace and love for another can you imagine like how wonderful that funeral is going to be it's like a celebration it's a celebration of your friendship, of your brotherhood, of your marriage, of your, you know, your, your whatever connection you have with them, right? It's like, it's, it, it makes that connection stand out even more. And it's such a wonderful gesture. And in many ways, I kind of felt that from Miguel Hernandez's eulogy. It's a wonderful poem. And so, I want to read another Spanish poem for my Spanish speakers. And I hope all of my English speakers here can be forgiving and just as patient. Because I want you to, even if you don't understand Spanish, I want you to like, I want you to feel the rhythm and the intonation of how these words are spoken because many times poetry needs to be needs to be read and understood in its original language and as much as i love english okay as much as i love english sometimes i just want the poems to be as they are without any translation and so this next one is titled Sola Una Vez. And by the way, there is a translation of this in English, which I'll read after. <laughs> so don't worry, guys. All right. 
para mi gente latino, español, que hablan, entienden español. Y no necesariamente tú tienes que ser latino. Si tú eres un, una, un, una, una persona que sabe y entiende el español, bueno, esto es para ustedes, ¿cierto? Para todos que entienden el español. Este poema se, es titulada como Solo una vez. Así se, se llama, ¿cierto? Eso es el título. Se llama Solo una vez de una poeta que se llama Anne Sexton. Y bueno, ella lo escribió también en inglés, pero también lo escribió en español. Así que espero que lo disfruten. Y aquí vamos, ¿cierto? Ya. Voy a cambiar la música. Y aquí vamos. Voy a hacer una contada desde de, de 5. Y vamos... Ok, aquí vamos. En 5, 4, 3. Solo una vez. Supe para qué servía la vida. Boston, de repente, lo entendí, y caminé junto al río Charles, Observe, observé las luces, me mitanzándose, todas de neón, luces, estroboscopias, abriendo sus bocas como cantantes de ópera. Y conté las estrellas y mis pequeños defensoras y mis cicatrices de Margarita y comprendí que pesaba mi amor. Por la orilla verde noche y lloré vaciando mi corazón hacia las coches de esta, de el este y lloré vacinando mi corazón hacia las coches del oeste y llevé mi verdad sobre un pequeño puente encorvado y apresuré mi, mi verdad y encantó su canto hacia casa y atesoré estas constantes hasta el amanecer y solo para descubrir que se había ido Creo que ustedes necesitan leer este poema de nuevo, pero quiero que ustedes lo leen con su propio tiempo, porque este poema merece su tiempo, merece que ustedes se involucran y se emergen en las palabras que este poema quiere describir para ustedes. Es, los poemas son escritas para personas, no, no solamente para los poetas, no es solamente una expresión en vano, ¿cierto? No es una, los poemas no son para disfrutar para una persona, son para otra persona, son para aquellos que lo leen, que lo escuchan, que lo sienten, que lo vivan, ¿cierto? Así que por eso ustedes necesitan, necesitan 
leerlo en su propio tiempo. ¿Ya? Ahora voy a cambiar al inglés para los gringos aquí. All right, y'all. So here comes the poem for Anne Sexton. She wrote a poem called Just Once. You guys ready? Here we go. Just once, I knew what life was for. In Boston, quite suddenly, I understood. Walked there along Charles River, watched the lights copping themselves, all neoned and strobe-hearted, opening their mouths as wide as opera singers. Counted the stars, my little campaigners, my scar daisies, and knew that I walked my love on the night green side of it and cried my heart to the eastbound cars and cried my heart to the westbound cars and took my truth across a small humped bridge and hurried my truth, the charm of it, home and hoarded these constants into mourning, only to find them gone. There is something fleeting and temporal about a life not well lived. A life that you seem to regret and harness everything that has hurt you, that has bothered you, that you feel incomplete about, and you carry that with you for so long that sometimes you just want to scream into a bridge, into the wind, a mountain, a river, and just let it all out because You cannot believe that this entire time you felt so much weight and you were carrying it the whole time and you cannot find relief. And sometimes We feel so isolated and alone and it seems like you can never find someone to connect with and really just reach out to you, give you a little hug or a pat on the back and just sit with you. But of course, the irony of that is that when you realize that you are isolated and that you are alone, my pardon, that you are alone, you're at the beginning stages of realizing 
and the meaning of life, which is to commune, to connect, to push yourself to strive for a wholesomeness because there's something broken about you, there's something broken about us. And it's not until you're at this pit of despair that you realize, man, this place is so unpleasant and so negative and so unkind, I need to get out of here. So you have to push yourself. And find truth in your life that will abide by the principles of true love and forgiveness that will absolutely change your soul. be standing in front of this amazing intelligent designer that has always loved you that has always cared for you that has always seen how valuable you are and how worthy you are of his love for you and you're gonna break down in tears weep uncontrollably but I swear to you those will be tears of joy because finally you know what it means to be loved and it may not come from another human being and most likely won't come from another human being y'all I know that sounds like a downer but going to be something even far greater than any man or woman can ever love of you. So don't give up striving for truth. Don't give up believing in the deception that you're alone, that you are worthless, that you don't mean any ounce to anything or anyone. Those things are there to destroy you. good news is someone has already fought that battle for you someone has already sacrificed their life for you gave us the perfect definition of love.
which is forgiveness. This is the Jay Rolden Speaks podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're having a wonderful time. You're learning something. I hope there's something that you're connecting with these poems. I want to remind everybody, these are poems that have messages that aren't coming from me. Like These are poems that are in the poem themselves, and I'm simply just trying to show you how you can connect with it. And so I hope there's something here that you can learn from, that you are at least, you know, feeding your mind and your heart with some good content because we need more of that today guys there's so much garbage out there especially online and you guys know exactly what i mean and so you know i'm not saying here i'm going to be changing the world anytime soon because i'm probably not but at least there's this little little tiny little space right here that at least can allow people to be reminded that you know there truly is something far better than this world something far greater and much more powerful and much more wholesome when it comes to experiencing love from something better than what humans are capable of doing now i want to just remind you guys this is in no way trying to belittle humanity you know there's something incredible about the way we are designed But through our own making, we've learned to break it and in many ways mess it up. But the good news is that there's a possibility of restoration. Something that we can experience and eradicate once and for all. Right? And it's already been eradicated in many ways, but we have a hard time believing it. Which is to be forgiven, right? To be restored, to truly like understand that, hey... I know I messed up, but I'm loved by an amazing creator that wants me. When in reality, he didn't have to, but he did and does. So. These are the, this is the type of content. This is the wholesomeness that I'm talking about, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I'm learning just as much as you all. So I don't want you to think that like this is, you know, I'm exempt from all of these messages. In many ways, like this, me- these messages are for me too, right? And so <laughs> I hope you guys are, you know, learning it, learning from it just as much as I am. All right, I got a couple more poems here, y'all. And I know you guys are going to like this next one. Some of these I've already read before, but it's a Saturday or technically, I guess, Sunday morning. And I want to, you know, just give you guys like a nice sort of like sentimental connection with some of these poems that are written by some of the most amazing writers that have ever existed. But the following poem, I have to I have to admit this next poem (laughs) is written by someone that I cannot believe they gave themselves this pen name. And trust me, I've tried and tried and looked for so long trying to find out what this poet's real name is because I refuse to believe that the, the person that 
gave themselves this pen name is really the name they used. I cannot believe it. And so let me tell you the pen name that they used. You're not going to believe it. They call themselves Count Dracula. <laughs> Can you believe it? Count Dracula. I cannot believe that, guys. I mean, I have nothing against Count Dracula and the story. I mean, I think there's something really intriguing about it. But you could have picked so many other things. You could have picked, you could have said, like, I don't know, butterfly or, you know, chicken and waffles or something. <laughs> but you went with Count Dracula, bro. <laughs> No, man, please tell me there's got to be another name out there, you know? <laughs> you went with Count Dracula. Okay, we're going to have to deal with that, I guess, right? So, anyway, Count Dracula wrote this amazing poem. And I absolutely love, 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 love this poem. And I know you guys will like it as well. This is titled... Do you remember? Are you ready? Yes? Alright. I'm going to start this countdown once again. As well as the track. And we shall read this together. Deal? Alright. Let me drink some yogurt. And we will start momentarily. Oh. Mm. That's really good for... I mean, I'm... Let's just concentrate here. Alright. This is titled... Do You Remember? Stop this track once again. Everything was fine. 
was nothing to walk through. And do you remember when a kiss was truly treasured thing? And do you remember love was like this and forever showed in a ring? And do you remember when a glance meant high and the sun shined on us all the time? Do you remember when to say goodbye was the last thing on your mind? Do you remember when silence spoke kind and shadows told things unsaid? Do you remember when love was blind and sweet dreams filled your head? And do you remember yourself at all now, or are you a victim of the cost? And do you remember now all about a forgotten heart and innocence lost? And do you remember me at all now? Do you even see my face? Do you remember I am around? Or has someone taken my place? Do you remember me at all? <sighs> Remembrances very human attribute. That doesn't mean that there's other species, animals that don't have the capability of memory. But the biggest difference between how animals memorize and humans is that we willfully Remember, animals can't do this. See, they are reactionary. When something hurts them, it triggers a memory. When something is beneficial to them, right? Like if their body is hungry and knows that it's going to be fed, it triggers a memory. They remember what something smells like, what something sounds like, what something tastes like but they don't know how it feels. Which is why memory is a very unique attribute that humans have. Because we can choose when and where to remember. Sometimes it's not pleasant, but many times it's very pleasant. You can remember the sad times and you can remember the great times you can remember the loneliest times but you can remember all of the great and funny times and so memory is absolutely a very endearing act that we can bestow on another human being 
in many ways, what you're doing is you're honoring someone with memory. You're letting them know, hey, my beautiful friend, my beautiful brother, my beautiful sister, my beautiful mom, dad, grandparent, wife, woman whom I love and lost. I honor you with a memory because that's how much you were worth to me. My time was not thrown away or ill-spent, it was well-spent. And I honor you with my memory of you. And even if we are no longer together or it doesn't work out, I will keep only the good ones in me. My thoughts are an ethereal monument of your life. How you made me feel, how you made me become and be. Isn't it amazing that when you come across someone you haven't seen in a long time and, and, and you truly cherish their friendship, right? Like they're, 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 you know, whoever they are. Isn't it amazing that like when you haven't seen each other and you're like, oh man, you remember the time when we did this and that? Isn't it amazing that like you can connect again just by that memory? It's like, oh bro, man, yeah, we did this and we did that. That was so fun, you know, and all these things. And so it's amazing how memory works because once again, this is a very human attribute. And so let somebody know that once in a while. It's like, hey, I remember you. I remember what we talked about. I remember what you said. I remember what you looked. I remember what you smelled like. I remember what you felt. I remember how I kissed you, how I hugged you, how I held you, how I loved on you with words, with time. I remember you. And nothing and no one will ever erase that from me. Those are my memories. And you will live in it for the rest of my life.
that was titled Do You Remember by Count Dracula. <laughs> uh, somebody please contact this guy and say, you gotta change your name, bro. <laughs> An amazing poem. Absolutely amazing. But what a terrible pen name. <laughs> I mean, come on. You could have, like, ugh, I don't know. I'm gonna stop. Super Mario. Sonic the Hedgehog. Count Dracula? <laughs> I was kidding about the uh, Super Mario thing. That's that's actually worse. <laughs> it's like, hmm, do you remember when I smile? <laughs> oh, man. Y'all, how would you guys think about a podcast if I impersonated, like, famous characters or, like, you know, personalities and like had them like read poems you know <laughs> wouldn't it be fun my goodness <laughs> that's definitely an idea and I'm totally patenting patent, patenting that by the way <laughs> dang man <laughs> that's gonna be so good anyway just a thought I'm not saying we're gonna do it but it's definitely a possibility <laughs> getting down to the final hours of tonight and I want to finish this night with reading a couple of more heartfelt poems and I hope you guys are enjoying the show this is the J. Rolden Speaks podcast if you came late to this live I want you to know that you can actually hear a lot of my lives on my Spotify account so after this show, go to Spotify, search for J. Rolden Speaks. You're going to see a profile picture of my face and follow, right? Subscribe. If you can help out supporting the show, this will be great. But if not, I hope you enjoy the content. There's nothing but wholesome content. I want to make that clear. You'll never have to question whether or not like something is not suitable for certain people or ages. And so... I approach the Spotify account, and especially these lives, as if my own children were to listen to this, right? So I'm never going to be producing any content that's questionable. Because I want them to learn just as much as everyone else, right? If not, you know, probably even more. So I hope you do follow the podcast. I hope you do subscribe and you help out with the, with the show. Anyway, thanks for so much for being here. We're almost done. Just a couple more poems. And we'll call it a night. Okay. Alright. I got another poem here that's in Spanish. And There is an English version, I believe. Let me just double check real quick. One second. I'm pretty sure there's an English version of this.
Alright. I don't know if this translation is great, but I'll read it. The title of this poem is called Canción de Invierno, and it's written, written by Juan Ramón Jiménez. And so I'm going to talk to my Spanish speakers real quick, so all of you English speakers don't go anywhere. I'm going to read this poem in English after I do the Spanish version, but I want to say a few things to my Spanish speakers. So, gracias nuevamente por estar aquí conmigo. Voy a leer un poema en castellano de Juan Ramón Jiménez, y el título de este poema se llama Canción de Invierno. Así que espero que lo disfruten, espero que puedan conectarse con el poema de este gran, gran poeta. Y bueno, aquí lo vamos a hacer empeño, ¿cierto? Ya. Voy a empezar este track de nuevo. Y aquí está la experiencia de la canción de invierno. Cantan, cantan. ¿Dónde cantan los pájaros que cantan? Ha llovido, aún las, las ramas están sin hojas nuevas. Cantan, cantan los pájaros. ¿En dónde cantan los pájaros que cantan? No tengo pájaros en jaulas y no hay niños que los vendan. Cantan. El valle está muy lejos. Nada, yo no sé dónde cantan. Los pájaros. Cantan. Me cantan. Los pájaros que cantan. Cuando poetas repiten una palabra, obviamente es sumamente importante que nosotros, los, los que estamos leyendo el poema, nos fijamos en esa palabra, que nos demos cuenta qué significa esa palabra, a pesar de que tú la entiendes. Yo sé que ustedes to todos entienden la palabra cantar, ¿cierto? Muchos de ustedes probablemente cantan. Entonces ustedes saben lo que significa el acto de cantar. Pero a pesar de eso, ¿seriamente ustedes entienden qué significa esa, esa misma palabra que ustedes entienden? ¿Ustedes saben cómo está usado en este poema? No. Muchas veces los poetas quieren que ustedes empiezan a redefinir y quizás completamente entender la palabra. Bueno, en ese sentido, en este poema, hay dos palabras importantísimas porque se repitan bastante, ¿cierto? La palabra cantan, can, cantan, ¿cierto? El acto de cantar en un grupo y el segundo es pájaros entonces no es solamente un pájaro son, son muchos varios 
¿Pero qué están haciendo los, los pájaros? Cantan. Cantan juntos. Hay unas, una, un perspectivo de comunidad, de, de totalidad. Entonces hay algo muy importantísimo con ese perspectivo, con ese mensaje. Pero aquí el poeta está diciendo que no puede encontrar estos pájaros que cantan. Porque está preguntando, ¿dónde cantan los pájaros que cantan? ¿Ustedes entienden ese metáforo? El invierno para él es desagradable no por la temperatura no por otras razones simplemente porque no hay canción no hay un incentivo natural de, de la naturaleza en este sentido los animales que Quieren cantar para nosotros. Eso es el invierno. Un invierno frío. Pero yo insisto, no es por, por tema de temperatura. Es por el, el acto que no hay canción. La canción es parte de la vida. Como seres humanos nosotros tenemos sentimientos muy profundos que... Los animales no entienden. Hasta los propios pájaros. Ellos lo hacen porque esos están diseñados a hacer. ¿Pero tú crees que ellos sienten como nosotros nos sentimos? No, para nada. No, no quiero des, de, desvalorar el propósito de un pájaro. El pájaro es importantísimo. Pero no tiene la misma importancia que el ser humano porque ellos cantan para nosotros y a la vez el momento que nosotros deshacemos de no fijarnos que la canción no es importante en nuestras vidas. Eso es la muerte de los pájaros y la canción. No necesariamente el invierno. No culpamos el invierno. El invierno no tiene nada que ver con, el, con los pájaros. Es el ser humano que se deshace de realizar la importancia de la canción. Y los pájaros que nos cantan. Eso es la muerte de verdadero. Cuando tú te olvidas. Te olvidas de no sentir la canción que cantan, cantan, cantan. Hasta el mismo poema no tiene ese ritmo. El poema no tiene esa canción. Cuando tú lo lees... Se siente así muy 
seca. Y lo más que tú repites esa palabra no tiene canción. Porque el ser humano se ha olvidado de la belleza y lo importante de la canción. All right, all. All my English speakers. I'm going to read this poem in, Spanish, in English and... I hope that it makes sense, but I'll try my best to explain it. And this will be the last one for tonight because I'm super getting tired now. But this is titled The Winter Song. All right, here we go. Sing, sing, where do they sing? The birds that sing, it has been raining, the branches are still leafless, and they sing. The birds sing. Where do they sing? The birds that sing. I have no birds in cages. No children sell them. They sing. And the valley is too far away. Nothing. I don't know where they sing. Those birds. Sing and sing the birds that sing. So when poets repeat a word in a poem. Obviously, there's something of great importance that they want us to be reminded of. Just because you know what that word is, do you actually know what that word is in the poem? You see, we get so complacent with assuming that, oh yes, I understand this word, therefore I don't need to spend time on it anymore. But if a poet is repeating that word over and over again throughout the entire poem, you best be learning that word as much as possible, even if you know what it means, because you don't really know what it means in the poem. So for example, the word sing is repeated here more than like seven times. So obviously it's important. Why? So, most of us assume that winter season is so desolate at times, right? It's so isolating at times. I mean, it even has the word ice in it, right? In the pronunciation, it's not spelled the same. But it's so isolating, right? 
And so we assume that, well, winter sort of forces animals, for example, like birds, to hibernate or at least like temporarily like go away, right? Like like basically flock to another region that's warmer, you know, migrate migration, all these things. So we assume that it's winter's fault. Right? But in reality, the poet is consistently asking the question, where do these birds sing? Sing, sing, sing. It's as if he knows that singing, that the song itself, whatever that may be, can and should exist in the winter. And that birds are there to remind us of the importance of the song of life. But yet we have glimpses of people trying to cage this song by caging birds and selling it and like, you know, making people like buy the song of life instead of appreciating appreciating it in the most natural way which is to hear it out in the wilderness or just outside your yard and so he repeats this word singing because he wants us to realize that we no longer value the worthiness and importance of song because this is so important to the way we are as human beings. You understand? The song is life because it's a part of life. And you may want to blame it on the, the winter season, but really it's our fault because we're the ones who are trying to control it and cage it and we have forgotten the value of the song of life and so to sing in the poem is an incentive of you and I to value the act of singing of the song itself you know what's so incredible about this poem is that the poet says it so often that it doesn't have a rhythm anymore it's dry it's almost dead but the fact that he's repeating it it's like he's trying to revive it and the fact that we are reading it we're trying to revive it. And so it may sound dry, but the more you read it and repeat it, you're trying to resuscitate it. So, let that be a life's lesson of the song of life. Anyways, y'all, this was a fantastic show. Thank you so much for being here. This is the J. Rolton Speaks podcast. I gotta go because it's so late and I'm so tired and I have to do so much tomorrow. <laughs> so 
I hope that you guys enjoyed the show. I hope that it spoke to you. I hope that whatever it is that you do tomorrow, you do it with a lot of purpose, a lot of passion, and that you continue to seek out truth and that you enjoy the beauty and the song of life, right? If you missed the show at the beginning or didn't know this already, please go to my Spotify account after the show and search for J. Rolton Speaks. And if you are able to support the show, I would absolutely be humbled by your act of kindness. And I can't tell you how much that goes a long way with keeping these shows alive. And, you know, we're going to keep producing more and more content. But I can't do it without your help, right? Like, it's very important. And so if you can subscribe to the show and help out, I would absolutely be so thankful. And, you know, it would be awesome. But no pressure, right? Do it willfully. Do it on your own terms. But I just want to say, mil gracias. Gracias, un gran abrazo para ustedes. Espero que disfrutaron de este show y de las poemas en castellano. Y bueno, si Dios quiere, los vemos en la próxima. Y bueno, que Dios le bendice, le bendiga, perdón. Que Dios los guarde. Y si Dios quiere, nos podemos ver muy luego. Y si pueden apoyar el show, estaría muy agradecido. Pero por favor, no se sienten presionados para hacer eso. Solamente lo digo para una advertencia, ¿cierto? Bueno, gracias por todo y nos vemos en la próxima. ¿Ok? Hasta mañana. Que Dios le bendiga. Alright, guys. Thank you so much for everything. I hope everything goes well for you tomorrow. And thank you for being here. God bless you and I hope that everything goes well. Alright. Good night, everybody. Take care. Those of you who are new to this live, I have a thing after I'm done. I get to stare at you for 30 seconds. (laughs) So, bye-bye.